best prophet I've ever known. And knowing Heidi Baker, when she says that, I said, I'm not going to argue with Heidi. So. so with that, he's going to be here. Steve Cornamone, I've known for so many years. The guy's got a powerful, powerful faith message that will stir you to no end, a great church in Ashby, Minnesota. And then we have uh, our Bishop Cole from Grand Forks, North Dakota, that's actually affecting. He turned the church over in Grand Forks, and if you notice that it's on Highway 29 now, brand new big church on Highway 29 that they got built, and they're using it right now, and he turned that over to his son-in-law and daughter, or working with them, I shouldn't say turn it over. Yeah, so anyway, pretty powerful. Tom and Jen Ramsey is going to be ordained, uh, and they've already been ordained, but it's going to be an ordination for Community Church International as far as the pastoral role in, United, or in uh, uh, Community Church International. And so next week, that's going to be a powerful deal on Sunday morning. So uh, we're excited about all these things. You know, I'm going life-changing things. Yes? In two weeks. In two weeks. Okay, thanks. During the conference. During the conference, yeah. That, that Sunday morning during the conference, yeah. All right. Any other questions? Oh, come on, Jamie. You run so fast, and then I forgot about you. Oh, you don't have a list? I don't. It's gone. It's removed from my desk. Ah. Do you have a lot of information up I here? Do. I do. Okay, I like you it. You just want me to go over what I know oh, yeah, needs to yeah, be done? Yeah, give oh. them all the information. I don't know if everybody knows, but I'm here every day. <laughs> In um, every room of this building, pretty much every day, all day long. Um, there's just a few things that I've noticed that need to get fixed before the conference. Most of them are cosmetic. Um, these bathrooms here, there's some spots on the wall that have been mudded but haven't been finished. Um, the trim along the floor in the men and women's bathroom, I don't know if it's water damage. It looks nasty. There's like black mold in the men and women's bathrooms here. There's like water damage on the floor where the trim is. That's not good on a bathroom floor. It's kind of gross. Yeah. Uh, that urinal, the men's urinal in this bathroom doesn't work, and it's really nasty. Um, let's see. A plumber or for that, yes. Something cosmetic, someone. Okay. Um, I noticed that these lights outside here aren't working. The big lights, right, the ones that you can see driving up, they are not working. It's very dark in the morning. Um, what else? The toilets in the old sanctuary bathroom, some of them need new seals and new seats. They're broken. The toilets swivel. Oh, so you can twist the toilet if you sit on it like this. No, no, the kids have a lot of fun. The kids have a lot of fun with that. Um, one of the seats are broken. Um, the walls, there are a few walls that need to be washed. Uh, you already mentioned the lights and the flies in the sanctuary. Uh, I think that's all I can think of all for right. now. We'll have you come in with your finger. There, there, there. All right. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right. You know, these are the things that are 
Are they important? Well, if you don't get them done, people come in. I remember Barb Sullivan the first time she came in, and we were actually sanding in that first building, and we had metal chairs. Metal chairs picks up um, while we were sanding because it picks up. And she was wearing black uh, pants, and she sat down, and she got up, and she had this white on her... <laughs> And she was so upset, and, and, and personally, I was going, well, girl, you don't know what we've been into. <laughs> but it, it, was, it was a discrepancy. Of course, Gary and Barb become a great, great leaders in the church here, but that was our first, first uh, episode with, with them. So it's, it's good that we can work those things out. Amen? Bathrooms. I love talking about bathrooms. I take care of the sewer out here, so anyone that wants to volunteer in sewer work, I'll pass it on to you. Okay. We do have some issues that's been going on uh, in our city, in our state, in our nation, and that's the COVID uh, masks, this, that, and the other. I thought we've explained it pretty close to where we're at. Um, agreement, uh, agreement, I cannot come against that. I wear a mask when I go in to place that require a mask, okay? And uh, if I have this situation, I go in and I have to deal with that and uh, if it's about shots, uh, I can tell you that I've taken the shots. You can say, well, what reason are you taking the shots? None of your business, really. But I will tell you it because uh, I'm a person that wants to go overseas. Uh, we had uh, Africa, all these folks that went to Africa, they had to take shots and they had to go through all that stuff. Before COVID, I took more shots for Africa uh, because I didn't have them, there, there's immunity, it's all, all that stuff right there. I went through all of that. So I don't want to argue, I don't want to fight, I don't want to take away your rights. I, I, that's not my deal. But I'm not going to put my rights uh, on you or you put your rights on me. Do what you need to do and I'll do what I have to do in those areas. Okay, so and if it's discussion, man, I'll discuss until the cows come home, usually at five, six o'clock for milking. So, all right, well, bless you guys. I just want to get that out there because there's a lot of stuff that's going on. We have big companies, we have thousands and thousands of people that their lives are being affected by this. So, it's, I, it's not a it's not something that I'm just going, oh, well, no, it's, it's a real deal. But we're going to have to walk through it together. And, uh, and reason why it doesn't make too much difference, except uh, we'll have to get through it. And uh, I guess that's just government and all those things. And I, talking about government, I'm actually going to be preaching a little bit on government areas biblically today and 
if you have your Bibles with you, it would be in Second uh, Kings 13. And uh, there was an individual named Elisha, which was a, a student of Elijah. So it was Elijah and Elisha. And uh, this was Elisha's deal with, uh, with his dying days because after he made this proclamation, he died. And uh, he was making a proclamation to the king of Israel and saying, okay, this is what needs to be accomplished. Okay, just like I was talking about Nicaragua uh, they, have, they have their reasons why they don't want this president in. And, of course, the president has his reasons. But, again, I think we can come to uh, uh, an understanding that we have to make a choice what we believe in and then how much we believe in it. And I think that's pretty important. And I respect anyone that believes something that they'll... They'll do anything because they believe in it. And, uh, and the more they believe in it, the more I respect them and probably even change my viewpoint because they believe in it so much. Okay? So I, I think that in um, uh, 2 Kings 13, uh, it was, um, oh, we'll start in verse 11. And he did evil... Uh, this is Joash, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel sin, but walked in them. Okay? So here's a leader giving that type of information to the nation, and he was walking in that. Verse 12, it says, Now the rest of the acts of Joash, all that he did and his might which, with which he fought against Amazah, king of uh, Judah, are, th are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the king of Israel? So Joash rested with the fathers. Then Jeroboam sat on the throne, and Joash was buried in Samaria with the kings of Israel. Okay, so uh, Joash was a leader. He was a king. You know, I mean, when you run into a king, you know, like if I had a king in the room or two kings in the room today, I'd probably be ceremonial <laughs> in the sense of I'm respecting these kings because they've come from this point or this point, right? And you probably would too. And so we have, uh, we have powers and principalities that are going on in the, in the kingdom rule at this time. Uh, just wanting to go over to uh, Ephesians 6. And it says this in verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers, rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. 
Okay, so what do we wrestle against? Well, I wrestle against you, you wrestle against me, I'm upset with you, you're upset with me. That's not what the Bible is telling us. It's telling us that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age. Against who? The rulers of darkness of this age. You start thinking about uh, watching the 6 o'clock news or whatever news you watch, we're wrestling against the powers and principalities of this age that is dark. Okay? And I can name several deals, and I'm not going to get into it because it becomes, you know, the vocal point of the political arena. But that's what we wrestle against. You know, and, and whether it be, I said I just wasn't going to get in, but I'm going to mention one thing because it's kind of my pet peeve anyway, is, is abortion. We wrestle against principalities and powers in high places that are fighting against the, uh, the rights of unborn children. So I, I you know, that, I, I'm pretty good on that area. I'll fight against that. I will not allow uh, the principalities and powers. I'll pray against them all night long and any time I can, possibly can. But it goes on, uh, the darkness of this age, not another age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Do you, have you figured it all out? Do you know what's going on in our government? Do you understand all the people that are making their requests and, and areas? Do you understand that? I certainly don't. I'm going, well, that's just common sense. Well, common sense isn't so common anymore. You know, it's just, you know, it makes sense. Well, making sense doesn't make sense. So I don't know what we're supposed to make, you know. Nonsense? Because a lot of it is nonsense. And it just keeps on going on and on and on. I mean, you know, with the political arena, the money that is spent, where it's being spent, what they're doing with it. And it just irritates the whole country. Okay? Principalities and powers in high places are irritating the whole country to the point of should we riot or should we not riot? See, that's my problem is because I... I'd rather be a rioter in a right choice, in a right situation, than just going on and, you know, be the sheep that goes to the slaughter. It's just never been in my heart about the sheep going to the slaughter. Now, Jesus did it, but it was about taking on the whole world of sin and breaking the powers and principalities of death destruction and the devil to do that and he did it and he wins so our fight is not taking it on in a riot manner but we have to take it on in the powers and principalities that are coming against and when they're up here just like Joash uh, the prophet of God which would be you and myself as the body of Christ you say, well, yeah, but you have much more authority. I have no more authority than you have in a biblical sense, right? 
You know, Jesus said, well, Pastor Jake, it's the authority. I have no more authority than you have in fighting the good fight of faith against the enemy, against principalities, against powers that are threatening our nation. And it's, it's happening. Right? Or am I just imagining things when I'm looking, I'm going, something wrong with this picture. Well, Joash, at this time, was called to uh, uh, Elisha's uh, death. And he was, he was passing on, in, in verse 14, Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he would die. Then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over him face and said, Oh, my father, oh, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. Interesting enough, the chariots of Israel. What does is, what is chariots talk about? You know, riding around, having a race on a racetrack? No, it's talking about military strength. It's talking about spiritual, biblically, it's talking about spiritual powers that need to be passed on to uh, Joab at this time because their big leader, the prophet, was going to die. And, and we'll read on, and he does die. And so what do we do with death of a prophet? Well, we go look for another prophet, I guess. Uh, but it just went on, and, uh, and Elisha said to him, Take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. What does arrows and bows talk about? Deer hunting? Or, I mean, I guess in our area, deer hunting. Or does it talk about the weapons that they were having in those days was bows and arrows. And so when the principalities and powers, it was about bows and arrows in those days. And Elisha was talking to the king of uh, Joash, the king of Israel. Then he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it and Elisha put his hand on the king's hand. Okay. Now, this is pretty cool. Now, this is the prophet of Elisha. Does anyone know about Elisha? Have you, anyone ever heard about Elisha? Yeah, yeah, okay. So, Deb, here you are, and the king receives the hand of the prophet Elisha placed upon his hands. That's pretty powerful. Okay, so now you have not only kingship, you, you have great strength in the kingdom as far as authority and stuff, but now you have God's authority on your hands. That's pretty powerful. I'm going, yeah, yeah, keep on going, keep on going. And he does. So we, we see that it was important at this time, and uh, apparently when a king leaves his kingly estate and goes to the house of a dying man, uh, have you ever been around a dying person? You know, besides this year? Yeah, you have. All of us have. The grief, the, the turmoil, the 
passing on of the baton. You know, there's a lot of different things that go on at that time. And especially uh, the loss of someone that you love. And the king pretty much presented that and said, man, you know, you're the, you know, you're the person, oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and his horsemen. In 16, it says, then he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on the bow and Elisha put his hand on the king's hand. And he said, open the east window. Uh, east window represents the window of revelation. And I, I believe that God wanted to get a revelation to us today and throughout the end times that God has a plan for all of this stuff. So the east, and so he opened the east window, so he put his hand on it, and he said, open the east window. He opened it, then Elisha said, shoot, and he shot. <laughs> Makes sense, that's a good deal. I think I've taken my young kids out, and when they're going to, you know, the gun is there, the deer is there, and you're, you're, you're aiming at it, shoot, and they do. And you're just giving him instruction. And so um, it says, the arrow of the Lord delivers you. The arrow delivers you from uh, Syria. For you must strike the Syrians at Ahab take, uh, till you have destroyed them. So he didn't want to just, you know, play a little bit of Mickey Mouse deal. He wanted to destroy them. Okay. And I really believe that these days, in our mind, and uh, what we're thinking is, should we destroy them or should we take the liberty of giving everyone a, uh, a right to live? Okay, and we're not talking about we're not talking about human beings. We're talking about principalities and powers in high places that are dictating to us how we're supposed to think. What we're, that's what it's all about here in, in 2021 and, and 20 and 19. It's all about, well, uh, you're not going to be able to think anymore. Somebody else is going to think for you, and this is the way it's going to be. And people are rising up, especially in the United States, because we're independent or very rebellious, one or the other. But we're, we're, we're ready to say, no, you're not going to do that. And in mask wearing and in the school systems and all of the systems of the world that we live in, we're not fighting against, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against principalities and powers that live in high places. And uh, these school boards, they have so much, but it's actually something else is ruling that, right? And then there's something else that's ruling that, and it gets pretty high to the place that you're just going, well, we can't win against that, so you just give up. <clears throat> and I think that, in, in sense, we can't give up. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, you can't give up. You have to find the authority in the realms of the Holy Spirit, and we cannot give up. We have to find out that God is wanting this and we cannot give up. And people have given up their lives for believing in these areas, and we cannot give up. If we do, we've pretty much blown it. You know, 
Elisha, I, I really like Elisha because he, he's, de- he's dying. I mean, this guy is on his way out. You find out in a few verses. He's dying and he's gone. But he held to his conviction. He held to what, what needed to be done. And we'll find out as the king, you know, like when you're king, you have to make a lot of concessions. You have to make a lot of compromise. I don't know if you have to, but if you don't, you're going to be labeled everything that you shouldn't have been labeled. And yet you get labeled that anyway. So open the east window, and he did. And he said, the arrow of the Lord delivers, the arrow, uh, arrow of deliverance from Syria, for you must strike the Syrians at Ahab take, uh, till you have destroyed them. I like the word destroyed them. I don't really like that, but I'm looking for something. I'm going to read a little farther, and then I'm looking for something. Okay, then he said, take the arrows. So he took the arrows, and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. Okay, so he struck three times and stopped. And the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you will... You will strike Syria only three times. Okay? So you, you, I don't know if it was the excitement of the hour or the non-excitement of this king that's saying, well, you know, this guy's dying. The prophet of God is dying. And, you know, I don't really have a whole lot of support around here. So uh, I'm looking for something to be able to strike. Um, I don't have a cane. I don't have a, an arrow. Do you got something, uh, Jamie? An arrow in the church? Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I knew that that was here too. Okay. Okay. Oh, you remember this? Uh huh. I didn't realize. Yeah. I brought it in. This is actually, uh, this might be a very good symbol. This is uh, Leif and Jennifer Headlands. They gave us this authority as the rod of God. Okay, so, and I'm not going to hit it real hard, but the king, he got the information. Okay, now you got a dying person in the room. You don't want to make it too crazy, right? You don't want to make it too crazy, right? You don't want to make it too crazy, right? Don't want to get too loud, right? I got the mic, so I get that. Okay, so so Elisha, he's dying. When somebody's dying, they're not real excited about things, but you, you, you should be listening to what they're saying because he's the prophet of God. So, so uh, Joab, Joash went, one, two, three. And then that was it. Okay. All right. Hello. 
one, two, three. Christians, one, two, three. Aren't, isn't that what we're all about, is a one, two, three deal? And then we, we go down and we do our other things that are more important than the one, two, three that God is doing. You know what I mean? When you just get, I don't know if I've ever been into a one, two, three deal and I still get beat up on a four, five, six deal. And sometimes I get beat up on a seven, eight, nine deal because it requires more than a three deal. Of course, three deals easy because who's, who's not going to do a three deal? Except it's not very it's not very effective and impressive. You know, if you're really excited about something, and I don't even want to call it excitement, I'm calling the zeal of the Lord Almighty wants to see what's in us, that's controlling us, what we're going to see in the days ahead. And if we don't see that, and if we don't have that on the inside, we have something else. I really believe that. We have something else. And I'm not, I'm not shying away from it. Maybe I have something else. Maybe I've got something that I need to take a hold of and grab a hold of and fight the fight that's really on the inside of me. Am I the same person when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, when I made those commitments, uh, pressed in, went, went fanatics, we were marching down the streets of Detroit Lakes with flags that I didn't even agree with, and yet there was something about it that was so powerful. And sometimes we just have to just look, who am I and what do I want to do in the days ahead, Joe Ash? The prophet of God, he's not going to be here very long as far as he was concerned. And he was nice. I like a king that's nice. You go down and you, hey, there's the prophet of God. He's dying. We're going to have to show our respects and da, 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 da. Or the prophet, for some reason, the prophet, before he died, he almost come back to all of his inner being of who he was. Okay? The inner being of who you are. Who are you? You know, maybe what maybe the most angry time besides towards your wife, the the most angry time <laughs> that you just got so stinking ticked off that you were like almost out of control might be who you are. Now I do not, and the Bible does not uh, promote anger or maliciousness or anything like that. But is there something that we're fighting for that's worth fighting for? Or is it about the system that we live in, the principalities and powers that are ruling, and we just give in to them and just say, well, that's the way it is. And uh, I, I think that it was a real wake-up call. This is a king. I'm not talking about somebody, you know, that come off the street. This is Joash, the king of Israel talking to the prophet of Israel. And uh, I think the prophet was expecting something. In fact, it, it tells us, now I got to Cain. I really like that. Actually, that's pretty good. Okay, and, and so, then he took the arrows. 
He takes the arrows, so he took them, and he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. He struck three times and stopped. And the man of God was what? Angry. Well, gee, I don't know what your problem is. I hit it three times. Uh, so, but he was angry with him and said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. Okay? Yeah, it's called compromise. You, you, you do so much. We got through it. Now, now we're compromising a trillion and a half dollars. It's only a trillion and a half dollars now. No problem. We don't have to spend three trillion. But you compromise. The political field's compromising. The church is compromising. The pastors are compromising. And you know what? Tell the truth. I'm not saying that I'm a, uh, a beacon, but I want to be a beacon. Because the biblical truth is what's on the inside side of me. When Jesus said the zeal of God's house is eating me up. There was something about that statement was everything that was right and righteous and ready to do something great was in that statement that Jesus said the zeal. I mean, Jesus didn't have it that bad. He was the son of God. He did die a sinner's death, which was not a good thing. But because of his zeal, because of what he wanted to do, he wanted to fulfill what God expected of him. Now, most of the time, you could have went half of what Jesus did, and you would have said, Jesus is a great, great prophet. Wouldn't argue it. But he went all the way. And I think maybe the question is, are we going to go all the way in the days that we live in? Um, challenge? Absolutely. You know, I'm going to be turning 70 in May. I'm just going, well, I can kind of coast now. And, I, you know, you get that in your mind pretty soon. You're, you are coasting before you're coasting. And uh, I believe that God is challenging us. Will we be better at 70 than we're at 50? Will we be better at 70 than we're at 25? That's the challenge. And whatever that means to you in a biblical sense, you know, I look at the flies. You say, well, geez, you know, are the flies important? Well, if they fall down on your head when you're sitting over in a sanctuary, it's probably not important, but I'd like to get them out of there. You know, I don't have flies in my lights at home, and I don't expect them in the church of God. Amen? Amen. Come on now. Come on. And there's a lot of stuff that we just, well, pretty soon we just pretty much like, okay, Everything's good. Everything's cool. You know, no, not everything's good. Not everything's cool because God's wanting to do something in all of us that will give us the revelation of a prophet, not the revelation of even a king. And a king's pretty, pretty good revelation. Well, in that next Verse, it says, and the man of God was angry with him. And why was he angry? Again, I believe that 
he wanted the zeal of God to take over. Everything that we've ever functioned in to take over. And whatever that means to you. I had one couple, maybe two days ago, uh, so I started talking with them. We were doing a job for them over on, on uh, well, in town anyway. Um, so I started talking with them about the Lord and find out that her, her mom and dad are spirit-filled Christians from Duluth or Superior. And uh, they moved from Superior and they went to another town and they started another church. <laughs> I mean, I was with them for probably uh, uh, half a day and that was the first conversation that we had. And his, and his wife said, yeah, my mom and dad are spirit-filled. I, if I wouldn't have asked that, what would, where would I have been? I said, well, man, we were wanting to see your mom and dad at the conference. And she was all excited about seeing mom and dad come to this conference because they're living. They moved from Superior and they're going to be working at the grain, the, uh, the big grain deal that they're putting up over on Dewey. So kind of interesting that if you find out kind of where people are at, you know, really showing them, well, where are you at in kingship? And the prophet of God starts speaking. And I just said, hey, man, you need to come on out. Bring your mom and dad out. We'll be able to have them share something in the service. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? Or I could have just kept quiet. Didn't have to do anything out of the ordinary. You know, be the churchgoer, do this. Or maybe I need to be more than what I've become. And uh, it's surprising how many people are looking for the things that God can do for them in these days. And the man of God was angry. Then Elisha died. And they buried him. And the raiding bands from Moab invaded the land in the spring of that year. Or of the, the year. So uh, the, the prophet's gone. The king had his information. He struck it three times. And then all of a sudden, all the enemies are so scared they left. No, Moab moved in to fight with Israel. You know, it's, it's going to be a fight unless you just stand up and say, I'm going to fight every day. I'm going to do everything I possibly can do. I'm going to pray. I'm going to shout. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to make my life... Um, Something that counts for this day and hour that we're living in. Are you perfect? Probably not. Are you going to be perfect? Probably not. But you know what? You're as perfect as the king of Israel was. He was taking instruction. And all, all the prophet was saying, come on, let's beat that thing. And I, I would like to do it. And I would have did it probably 15 years ago and broke this cane. And then everyone had been ticked off at me. Because it was given to us by lathe. But you know, if you get it, if you think about it, one, two, three. Yeah, cool. But what about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight? 
eight, nine, ten. There's something about that. We run our businesses like that. If you didn't run your business like that, you're out of business. If you didn't go the extra mile, the extra mile is not going to go for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the battle belongs to the Lord, but he's wanting us to take everything that we have come into for this time and for this hour and fight a fight that's worth fighting. And we, we, we don't want to just fight it with, well, hit it three times and everything will go away. That'd be like saying, correct your kids three times and everything will go away. That's three times a day. Keep on correcting if it's six times a day. <laughs> Keep on correcting if it's 12 times a day. <laughs> Going, kids, you're going to listen to me. If you hear what I'm saying. And in every, in every aspect that we go into during the, during the week, you have to stand up and you have to fight something in the realm where they're going to respect you. That's why you have the job. And, and you're going to have to hit it one time, two times, three times, four times, five times. You just, you know, you... And, you know, the more you hit it, the better it'll get. Yeah, just the better it gets. So let's stand up for your comfort so you don't... Father, we thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for Leif for giving us that. Jeremy for remembering it. Thanks, Jeremy. All right. Father, now in the name of Jesus Christ, we believe that you're moving on our behalf. Um, whatever this means to us, Lord, I think that types and shadows are so important. I think Elijah, or Elijah, well, actually, Elijah passed his mantle on to Elisha. So the most two uh, known prophets in the Old Testament were pretty much together alignment and understanding. And uh, if they were upset with Joash because he didn't do what I guess maybe it was he did what was required of him. And if it wasn't Elisha that would have said something, it probably wouldn't have made no difference. If Elisha wouldn't have said anything, probably would have went unnoticed. But it's in the book, it's in the Bible, it's in the understanding of what God's wanting to do in these days that we're living in. And uh, it's not easy. It's not something that, like, well, geez, you know, you know, I'm going to hit it six times. If you hit it six times, you've hit it three times more than the king of Israel. If you hit it nine times, you hit it, hit it six times more than the king of Israel. God, tell us. In fact, I don't even know if you can tell us. I think it's the zeal of the Lord eats up the person on the inside because God's temple, God's house is so important to all of us. And that, that's talking about our kids, that's talking about our job situations, that's talking about society we live in, that's talking about just saying, hey, you know what, 
this is my belief and and, and and you know of course it always comes with uh, hitting something but the fact is when you stand up and you just say hey you know this is what we believe in this is why we believe in it because this is what's went on in history past and I believe right now Lord in history past that you're moving on our behalf you're moving on behalf of this church I believe, Lord, that there are people that have stepped out in this last year that has been, like, so crazy. The Spirit of the Lord would say, uh, this sermon probably was more for you than anyone, because you stepped out in different areas, and did it make sense in a natural? Sometimes when we step out, it never makes sense until we get there. We experience it, and we can say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You showed me a place, and you gave me the time, and you gave me the, the understanding of what needs to happen in these days ahead. God, you, you've guided me. You've brought me. And now I believe that you will sustain me through my life and through whatever goes on in Thief River Falls and beyond. Father, we release your blessings upon her now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this couple. They come from Houston. They've been such a tremendous blessing, so faithful. They brought their tithe. They brought their offering. And why I bring that up is because, Lord, you said that the tithe belongs to the Lord. And offering is just to say, I'm offering, and that's what it means. I'm offering something beyond and above. And Father, I thank you, Lord, for this couple, for being so faithful to this house, to this area. They've been a tremendous blessing, and we bless them. Let's just stretch your hands this way. We bless them in the name of the Lord. Their whole family, Lord, they're going to be leaving right around Thanksgiving. God, we bless them today. We bless them and we cherish them and we, our hearts, at least my heart grieves because I lose, you don't lose one, you actually gain one, but they, they leave you to another area. I ask, Lord, for a tremendous blessing upon their life and, Lord, that they will just continue to do what God has called them to do in this day and this hour. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Deb, God is wanting to, uh, again, reinforce a thought that you've been having. And he's saying yes. And there's some thoughts that you've been kind of battling with. But God is saying yes. And so whatever that means to you, because you've looked at it and you're going, well, gee, I could say no. And I said, well, you could, but he's going to put a, he's going to put a divine um, heart uh, area upon your heart that you could say, yeah, I, I know that you're with it, Lord. And so uh, I'm almost hearing this, that song, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, amen. You know, it's a settled deal. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Amen. Joe, God's really wanting to 
uh, place a peace that passes all understanding. There's some battles that's going on that you just shake your head and you're just going, you know, God, I'm needing this and I'm needing that. But God has everything that you need. And he's saying, I am your provider. I am the one that's going to dictate in these days ahead, even these decisions that are being made, uh, it's because you've stood and sometimes you just had to stand in silence. Other times you had to st stand up and speak. But God is with you. And uh, he sees you and he knows your heart in a, in a real, I want to say sensitive way. He's not looking for like, well, I want you to do this, this and that. He's just saying, son, I'm with you. I'm going to stand for you in these days ahead, even in this deal with the COVID-19 deal and all the stuff they're trying to place upon you. Uh, I just really feel like the Lord has been, the winds of God has been blowing and you've been very faithful in receiving those winds and sometimes we consider winds are well gee you know does the wind always have to blow but the wind was blowing to get you to where you're needing to go and you're at the place where you you don't need to go any further god has placed something in your heart in your life that you can just settle you can just settle in it and saying god you're with me. If you're with me, nothing that's going on is going to be able to be against me. Even if it looks like it's against you, it will win. It will not prosper, say it, the Spirit of the Lord. It's just, it's not going to prosper. You as a couple, again, there's, uh, there's been a lot of uh, different things that you've talked about to each other about your spiritual life, about many different things, about where you're at, what you're needing to accomplish, what you're needing to do. And God's just saying, I've taken the time, I've taken the effort, I've given you the opportunity, and I've given you space. God's saying, I've just given you space to make the decisions so that you know that you're making the decisions and it's not somebody else pushing you in or shoving you this way or that way, but you're making decisions. Your decisions will be what, what makes up your life uh, in this next season of time or throughout your life, the seasons that you're living in. So know that God is with you and, and um, there's that time he's given you that open space and uh, that you're ruling, you're reigning, not something, someone else or a pastor over you or someone else. Uh, you need, that's your choice. And God's saying you made some very, very good choices in that. So God bless you. All right. Well, he's good, isn't he? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we could gather we pray, Lord, for this next season of time, for our uh, special speakers, for those that are coming. We pray for the women's uh, meetings on Saturday. I believe that Trish is going to have a real 
powerful word and, and we pray for Dave Wagner also on that Saturday morning. And uh, we do pray for Steve Cornamone, Pastor Steve Cornamone, good brother in the Lord. Known him a long time, been in many different places with him. Bless him now and uh, Bishop Cole. We stand with him, his family, the church over in Grand Forks and and uh, the oversight of uh, um, the, the areas that he's in. I'm trying to think of the... Yeah. Well, we just left up Bishop Cole and his wife, and we thank you, Lord, for Grand Forks. We pray, Lord, that people can be released into uh, what they're needing to have in their life for this t time. We left up Alex, little guy, the 10 years old, Norman Gullingshrude, Pastor Norman Gullingshrude and Gary. Uh, it would be his grandson. And uh, he's been going through some terrible things with cancer and different things, 10 years old. And it, it, if anything, it irritates me. If, if I was gonna preach the message and believe the message, what I had, I'd use it on every one. And at a 10 year old, the enemy's trying to knock him off, take away his standard of life and then letting us believe that about God, then that's not God. We believe that Alex is whole. We believe that his leg that they cut off is, will supernaturally grow on again. We believe, Lord, that you're moving on the behalf of Alex and, and uh, Norman and Lori and mom and dad. Uh, they've, taken, they've taken many offerings here at the football games and in Red Lake falls, head parades, and different things. But God, even greater than that, I believe the zeal of the Lord that fills the house of God will destroy the works of the enemy. And we're not going to hit it three times. We're going to hit it 66 times if necessary. And uh, just to show how serious we are about the move of God that's in our life, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Bethel, I mean, Bethany, I see something going on. Uh, there's a new, there's something new in 2022. New in 2022. <laughs> I thought about that all night. No. New in 2022 for your life. I don't know what that's all going to be, but it's going to be, you'll be able to mark the time and say new in 2022 and uh, this conference actually is even going to do some some prophetic things that's that's going on and uh, your faithfulness both you and Sarah and your family the faithfulness of the Packard family has been brought up before the Lord and uh, you didn't come out wanting because you've been faithful and uh, your parents are over in Africa. They're doing everything they can. We know the fight that Linda has had uh, this last season of time, and we fight with her. And I feel like taking that, 
that deal and going over and beating that chair about a hundred times because I said, if we don't do it, no one else will. And the zeal of the Lord needs to take over that we don't let other things take over people's lives. We need to rise up and receive the promises, a yes and an amen from the Lord. God bless you. May you have a great, great, great Sunday, a great week. I know I preached a little bit longer. It's 20 to 1. Uh, what I got over here. It's actually 20 to 12. So God bless you. You're dismissed. Amen.